Hey everybody, welcome to Champions for Life podcast. Today's segment is called Martial Arts Monday. And because it's martial arts, we either talk about martial arts, fitness, or wellness. And usually we have someone whom we interview and we talk about martial arts and everything that goes with it, including life. So today, my guest is my student, my friend, Sensei Reed. And I uh, love this man, love his family, love his son. I call his son good looking because he is good looking. And uh, you have to see him perform. He is, I told him the other day, your son could become a world champion in performing katas and whatnot. And he says he knows that. I said, well, then let's do it. So in just a short time, he just changes attitude from, you know, maybe liking it and enjoying it to like, let me take this serious. And he just transformed right in front of everybody's eyes. So with that, Sensory, how are you today, sir? I am doing well, sir. And I thank you for also participating on my podcast that we're both simultaneously recording the Ice Talk. So everybody that's listening to Champions for Life, you are also uh, listening to a recording of the Ice Talks where we implement change every day. And first, let me say uh, thank you for the compliments for the little one. Um, He makes me proud. I was, man, awesome. I'm so happy that he does. Well, you know, people may not know Maybe your audience may know, but tell us the backstory about how you are training and so is your son right now. Our backstory? Our history? Yes, yes. Um, first of all, let me say that I, 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 I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that coincidence is nothing more than God saying, I don't already told you twice, you might want to listen. Uh, and long story short, we trained together about, what, 22 years ago now? Yes, sir. And me being young and broke, I couldn't continue training. Fast forward 20 years, 21 years, uh, I, I rediscovered the school. I rediscovered you near where I live and came in and signed up the little one, figuring that my karate days were behind me. But your wife cursed me. <laughs> And said, you'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> so I had to be spiteful and not come back for a month. Because I'm petty like that. But I still came back. And talking, uh, He's talking about you, Sister Jana. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your movie. <laughs> no, so, um, you know, being retired, I, I actually had the time to really, really commit myself to my training. And uh, in, in doing so, not just have this be about my son doing something that I didn't have the opportunity to do, uh, not only that, but me being able to complete something that I had left incomplete years ago in my life. And thanks to you uh, granting me the opportunity to work even harder and you pushing me even more so, uh, you bestowed upon me the title of senpai, which is older mentor, and then later the title of sensei, which is a struggle to live up to, but that's one challenge I live up to and look forward to living up to every day. So there we are. Yeah, that, that's, that's an awesome story, man. Um, 
You can't make that up. You can't make that up. This man. is like you, right. you know, people, people, people coming together after like twenty something years, yeah. and the thing is, by chance. Yes. Uh, another part of the story is, you know, my wife had a business nearby, and I was just going to the corner right, to get right. something to eat, and looked across the street and saw the school. <laughs> and the funny part of the story is, my wife always called me a karate snob because we have plenty of schools in our town. Yeah. Nearby. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I just didn't like any of them because I I believe I know what good training is, and I just didn't like what I saw. Not to say that those were bad schools. Right. I just didn't feel it. Right. Because I'm the type of person I don't have to be sold. I know what I want. Mm-hmm. If I see what I want and I see the value in it, it's I'm gonna. Uh, it's it's a done deal. Yeah. I just have to. It has to be a fit. Yeah. In order for me to commit. Yeah. Unlike, yeah, yeah. unlike how AJ AJ OJ got over. You know, yeah. say if the glove don't fit, <laughs> you have to quit. Right. So for me. Right. Right. If the situation fits, I'm going You're to commit. In. Yeah. Yeah. And and so um, I happen to walk up and, and look at the school. And say, oh, there's a karate school. Let me go take a look. And I'm looking in the window. I'm like, this place is huge because we didn't have the cage yet. I'm like, wow, this place is huge. I'm looking at the pictures on the window, and I see you. Like, oh, that's my guy from Belgium. Wow. <laughs> You know, and the school was closed, so I had to come back at a later date, and that's when I met Sensei Jana, whom you weren't married to back then. And um, I, I pretty much, it, it was a done deal. I said, listen, because Sensei Jana didn't know me from a hole in the wall, so of course she wants to tell me, you know, we got this, we got All this stuff, right. All I need to know is if you have a black belt training program. If you still have a black belt training program, listen, I pay you, he comes and trains, we don't have to have another conversation until he reaches his black belt. That's Boom. it. He's co- well. You notice a three-year program, <laughs> and well, most people don't uh, commit their children to three-year programs. First of all, I'm not most people, and I'm not raising my child to be most people. See, that's that's one thing I love right there, <clears throat> because in the martial arts, or or let me let me put it this way, it doesn't have to be in the martial arts, in a family, in parenting. You know, um, I am the one that believes that if the parent doesn't have vision for their children, either A, somebody else is going to give them a different vision, Mm -hmm. or B, they're going to go aimless through life. And so here you are, and I mean, like, maybe throw a few things out there in the next few minutes about the vision you have for your son. Now, whether he chooses it or not, that's a whole nother story. Right. But while he's under your roof, he's following that vision. Yes. Share a little bit about that. Um, he's only nine. Yeah. So it's not like I'm mapping out his life for him, but at the same time, I am. You're giving him direction. It, exactly. I mean, there are things that are in place that I want to put in place for him that he doesn't even. Re- well, the fact that he's here. Yeah. You know, I didn't sit him down and say, son, I'm committing you to a three-year martial arts training program. No, I'm taking karate. Period. Period. You know, and it's not like I ordered him and said, you don't have a choice. This is why when I first came to the school, I came in the spring. Yes. Like right before school let out. And I, I, I said that we'll be back in the fall. Which is totally contradictory to what we always say in the business about people who say <laughs> B-Bats won't, won't be back. B-Bats won't be back. But well, I, you did. I, but I had a, because I had a plan. Yes. 
You know, it wasn't a matter of, uh, let me just find out how much it costs and then, okay, I don't feel like spending that money, but I'm going to be polite and tell you I'll be back. No. Right. I was cool with it. Yes. But my plan was with him. Right. And for him. And my plan was to use those three months to build it up in his head. Yes. Whether we watch some movies, whether we watch some USC tournaments, you know, just to plant that seed in yes. his head. So when we come here... He's not like a lot of kids who parents just bring them here and throw them on the mat and they don't know what to expect. Right, and, you right. know, if they're not mentally ready for it, they're shy, they want to cry and so on and so forth. Um, so my vision for him would, would, would be awesome if one day he could have his own school. Right. If because he started training at seven. Right. He's nine now. He's testing for his black belt next year in the class for the 2019 class. So he's on track to just right now learn the arts, mm -hmm. learn the skills. Yes. And grow as a young man. That's all he has to do right now. Right. But when he enters into his teenage years, then the same way we have with our apprentice Trinity. I want him as a teenager to start learning the business. Yes. So that by the time he goes to and through college, if he so chooses, which he really doesn't have a choice. <laughs> I'll just put that out. That's another seed I'll plant later. Yeah, yeah. You know, but whether he makes that decision or not, because I, I, I started college and that was one thing I also left complete. I dropped out and I went back and finished that. So it might not be the move for him. But... Regardless, when he reaches the age of adulthood, I want him to be in a position where he has the skills necessary to start a business as opposed to go out into the world and ask for a business, ask for a job. See, one of the big mistakes, and I say this to children, and I say this to parents, I say this to people, one of the biggest lies parents to the, tell their children, and I've said this to my listeners in a recent podcast, um, one of the biggest lies we tell our children is that they should go to school, get a good education so they can get a good job. Yeah, that's, that's so possible that's, already. That's, that's one of the biggest... Yeah, you know, that's non-existent anymore. That's one of the biggest detriments you could plant mm -hmm. as far as a seed into a child because you're telling that child to go to school and get a good education. That's wonderful. But then to send that same child with that wonderful education out into the world to have somebody else tell them what their value is. And, and at that point, they will continue their life going from job to job to job to job, having someone else tell them what I'm going to pay you for your time. I'm going to tell you what the value of your time is. And then they'll go through the rest of their life, excuse me, trading their hours for dollars and... Always wonder, and granted, people have to work. I'm not saying entrepreneurship is not for not everybody. Right. Correct, correct. So I'm not talking down to anybody who has a quote-unquote job. Correct. But I am of the mind that we are here to do as much for ourselves as we can, so why not do the most? Yeah, correct. And it takes time for us to find that out. And some may discover that for themselves sooner. Some may discover that for themselves later. I didn't discover it for myself until I was in my 30s. Yeah. You know? And 
that doesn't mean that I, my dad didn't raise me well. He mm -hmm. raised me great. Right. You know, it doesn't mean his father didn't raise him well. I'm, my sons are blessed that they have their fathers in their life because I was blessed to have my father in my life and he was blessed to have his father in his life. I come from a line where the men in the family were there. Powerful. You know, and, and, and that's the example I will set for my son so that when, when my sons, hopefully my oldest will be able to have children of his own one day. Yes. You know, um, I want to be the example for them. You know, and, and so with regards to my vision for him, whether it's the martial arts or whatever he discovers that he likes as he grows up and he starts to develop his own personality, more of his own personality and more of his own likes. And he begins to venture off and make other choices and other decisions. Some I may agree with, some I may not agree. We had a conversation similar to this earlier, but... I want him, my ultimate vision for him is to have the mentality that he can go out into this world when he leaves my house, because he's going to leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> You're that equipping he, him to be eligible, right? That he can right? go out into the world, yeah, absolutely. and if he does go somewhere to ask somebody for a job, it's only to gain some experience yes. that he can use when he eventually creates his own entity. Yes. And at the very least... I'm giving him the skills to have this as a resource because if all else failed and he couldn't do nothing else, we could scrape together some money and rent out some space, get some mats on the floor and start building up something. Yep. You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only 48 and I like saying I'm only 48, you know, because I consider myself very young. You know, I, I consider myself a big kid, tell you the honest to God truth. Me and my dad still joke like we're kids, and I still play with my boys. So I'm a big kid at heart. And, I, and, and being here, what I love about being here is being around these kids. And I come from a family of teachers, too, so I've discovered this to be true. Being around children is what keeps you young. Oh, yeah. Teachers, I believe, teaching is the, the fountain of youth. I think so, yeah. Because it, because it keeps you around young people, it keeps you young, and it keeps you hopeful because even though as adults we see what the realities are in this world, when we're dealing with these children, we want to shield them from that reality, but at the same time prepare them for those realities. And somewhere in between, we find a happy place that we use to create quality people yes. out of our children. Yes. Powerful. Yeah, you're giving him direction and you're equipping him. Yes. And this is something that <clears throat> it's, as a parent, it's a parent's responsibility to do that. And not just my kid. That's the beautiful thing about yeah. being here yeah. the way I am. It's not just my kid. It's you know, like rest. I said, at, at the first Black Belt Gala that I went to year before last, your children are my children. Yes. The, the SMA children are my children. Like I yes. always... Um, like the parent who complimented Justin uh, a few days ago. Um, that was powerful too, by the way. Absolutely. I, I, share, I, I took a screenshot of that and shared that with the I whole family. Powerful. You know, and, and like I told him, SMA is a village. Hashtag SMA is a village. Yes. You know, I had a conversation with uh, one of our students in Howell that had absolutely nothing to do with the martial arts. She had a situation that she's going through uh, where... 
my former career as a police officer, she had some questions about a situation she's dealing with, and I was able to give her some insight on that, and, you know, I was able to help her with that, and and, that, and her sharing that conversation that she and I had with her family impacted and helped her family. Bam. You know, so what we're doing here is more than just teaching punches and kicks. And that is what I love. Yes. That right there is what I love, you know. And, uh, well, two things. Number one, I have been very glad you're back. And number two, that is not just you, it's also your son. Yes. So we can relate at those two levels as well. So talk to me now, us, to all of us here. <laughs> uh, you also became an author. Yes. So, uh, first of all, how did, how did you write your, your first book? How did, how did that come about? Like... Did it take you a long time to write it, or did you decide to write it, and you knew it, and boom, want to do it, and then you flipped the second one? I think you have three now, right? Three, yes. Three. Uh, the first one, it was <clears throat> a cumulative process in terms of gathering the material. I never really, I hadn't really sat down and said, okay, once upon a time, all the way up until they live happily ever after. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Uh, when I decided to begin my career as a speaker, I... My, my frame of mind was, I can talk good, but if I want to move people with a message, I have to learn how to speak well. Mm. And in doing my research and due diligence, I learned that one of my mentors, Les Brown, uh, was a member of Toastmasters. Mm. So I said, it was, and they named him one of the world's top five speakers. So I'm like, if it's good enough for Les, it's good enough for me. So I found a local club, joined that club. And all of my speeches in Toastmasters had like a motivational twist because I even told them from day one, I said, my goal is to become a motivational speaker. And the members of my club, when they would give me my critiques and my advice and my training and coaching and whatnot, uh, one, one gentleman by the name of Kevin Thompson, I always got to give him his props, very accomplished speaker. Uh, he said, you know, man, you should take this stuff and you should write a book. You've given like five, six quality speeches, and even though they're like five minutes long, this quality material, you should write, the, you should take this and you should write a book. And I'm like, I don't think, ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the usual, right? The usual. Cause, nah, Because nah. here's the thing. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people see something in you that, that you, you don't yet, see. Yeah. You've yet to see and find right. within yourself. But then also, I was a police officer at that time for about five years, and I, I had always known that at some point in time, it was possible that any given day I kiss my wife and kids goodbye could be a day that I'm kissing them goodbye. Wow. And the one thing I would never want to happen would be for me not to be here and people would come into my family or come to my family and tell my boys, uh, this is what your father would want. Your father would want, your father would, your father would have said, your father would, no, 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 no. So my first book, Find a Way to Make a Way, you're either part of a problem or you're part of a solution, actually started out as a letter to my first son mm. at the time I only had just the one and it started out as a letter to him and then to that letter I began to add notes that I had taken from books I had read and audio programs I had listened to blogs that I had written and the funny thing is and I'll wrap this up I had written about 80 pages on like regular side typed out printed out like about 80 pages and showed it to my wife and my wife was like, yeah, yeah, it's nice. 
How'd you feel about that? I'm like, I'm like I just got this book. I just, I, I just, my first, I just fleshed this out. Here's my manuscript. She's like, yeah, that's nice. And I was like, well, forget you then. It ain't about you anyway. And so, but then I actually, you know, I, I, you know, took that little beating. It was a little beating, uh -huh, uh -huh. but I actually sat back and I was like, you know, I had to really reflect. And I was like, there's nothing that I read that got me to this point that was just 80 pages. So I really took the time to dig deep into myself and I changed a great deal to the, to the point where I created a quality product. To where when I finished, I think it was somewhere around 265 pages. Wow. Uh, between 57,000, 59,000 words. And that's pretty much my benchmark now for my second and third. My second book wasn't as, my second, neither my second and my third book weren't as long as the first book. But I figure I know as far as I would want to go to be able to keep people's attention without necessarily writing war, war and peace, you know, some mm -hmm. long drawn out novel. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how my books came about. So you're a father, you're a husband. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I was a husband. Then I was a father. Husband, then a father. Yes. Correct. Got, Let's got, get that straight. <laughs> Let's get that Let's straight. Get that straight. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So husband, father, Police officer, retired police officer, retired police officer, author, martial artist, Air Force veteran, Air Force veteran, public speaker, coaching now. Beautiful. I've lived. So, how do you use all those experiences? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that in the short years you've lived so far, right? That you're taking all that experience and you use it mm -hmm. to better other people yes. and including your life. Yes. So how, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you, in your mind, how do you take all of that and you get a coaching client and voila, you see the problem, you see the situation, you see their circumstances and you have a lot in your toolbox to pull from and help them? Well, for me, I believe in the saying that uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And I also believe in the, the saying that, and I'm paraphrasing because I really don't want to be specific, say this is what it is and, and, right, and right. jerk it up. But... Um, in order to receive God's blessings, one must first become a blessing. Mm -hmm. And to quote Zig Ziglar, you can have just about anything you want in this world as long as you're willing to help enough other people get whatever it is that they want in this world. Mm -hmm. Right? So if that means I have to dedicate my life to being of service to others, I'm not worried so much about what's going to come to me because I'm going to get mine. I, that's that's just how the game works. I'm going to get mine. I'm not concerned about what I am going to get because if I pour it out, I know it's going to come back. I, I'm a firm believer in karma. So I'm more concerned about what I pour out than I am about what I get back. 
Because what I get back is going to come. It's a given. Yeah. It's already mine. Hence the, 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 uh, hence the words, better to give than to receive. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Um, so now you're training. You've achieved your black belt. Yes, sir. And now tell us, what's next in your martial arts? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back into the breach. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's very little, if not any time to rest on my laurels because mm -hmm. I'm training for my first degree. So, yes. Uh, and this is funny because my <laughs> listeners are listening to me being interviewed as opposed to me just running off at the mouth. But I, I hope you guys that are on listening on my podcast are still getting some out of this. Um, the, the training never stops. Never stops. The training never stops, and uh, you know that there, there are times when you have to look back on your life and really ask yourself, "What have I left incomplete?" and try and close those gaps. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, one of my most major gaps was—I um, think our students started coming. Yes. Uh, one of my one of my major gaps was uh, completing my college education. I went back and did that, and I did that not so I could get a job. I was already retired from my career. But I did that so that if I'm going to talk to young people about the value of education, I have a ground to stand on as opposed to being a hypocrite telling people to do something I had not Correct. done myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then completing my black belt, that was another uh, major unaccomplished or incomplete accomplishment that I had to tighten the bow, tighten the bow or tighten the belt up and, and get that taken care of as well. So now the training continues. And even more so because I'm not, and I've always said this, you know I've always said this, I've said this publicly, it's never been about me. The completion of the goal of getting my black belt, that was about me. But actually doing what I do, putting the time in that I put in now, because if it was about me, I could just say I did it and I'm done. Right. Now back right. to the kid. Right. But um, as a greater purpose, I have a greater mission by doing what we do with these kids here, you know. And, and so for my listeners I, and for your listeners as well, I would, I would say, because I believe we have to wrap up in a minute. Yes. Uh, the one thing I would leave you with is this. Don't leave anything incomplete, whether it's uh, goals. I mean, if, if it's something that you're going to just give up on, then give up on it and be comfortable with and, having and made on. that decision. Yeah. And move on. Yep. Don't live your life with regrets. If it's something that you've left incomplete, that you can go back and complete, go back and do it. Agreed. If there's a relationship that didn't end on good terms, that you can go back and at least say, I'm sorry. If you had something it, to do yeah. with it, if you can fix it, cool. Or here's the other thing. If you go back and say, I'm sorry, and the other person tells you to take a hike, that's cool that's too. That's fine, yeah. yeah. All right, at least you did what you could to make amends. Yeah, yeah. Just, just... Don't leave your life, don't leave this life with incompletes on your report card. Agreed. You know, don't leave, don't leave this life agreed. With, with incompletes on your report card. And, and my final word will be this. If you are uncertain as to what your purpose or meaning in life is or should be, think about what you would want people to say about you at your funeral mm. when you're not even going to be there, there. Quote, and I'm putting air quotes 
Yeah. You're not even going to be there to hear it. But think about now what you would want people to say about you at your funeral. And between now and the time that that day eventually comes, mm -hmm. live up to what you want people to say about you. Correct. Because they're going to talk about you either. Whatever you've done, they're going to talk about you. So It doesn't if, matter. <laughs> if your conduct now yeah. can literally predict the future about what your legacy will leave behind. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling this to one of my coaching clients. Your legacy is not so much what you leave behind to your children materialistically. Your legacy will be the impact you've made in the lives of everyone you've been in contact with. Because if you are a, a piece of crap person, guess what? People are going to only think about you forever. You will live forever as a piece of crap person. Right. But if you've actually impacted people's lives and moved them in a positive direction, that is how you will live forever as well. In a good way, too. In a good, In a good way. way. Right. So that, that, man, that has been an awesome interview. And, and, you know, for those of you that may not know, that's what martial arts is. You know, martial arts is everything in life. It's not just the practice. We didn't talk about a kick. We didn't talk about a punch. We didn't talk about a kata. We didn't talk about any of that, although we could because that's one aspect. But we talked about life. And in this case, Sensor Reed shared about his life, the unfinished things that he had, that he created closure on, the lessons he's learned, how now he serves through his coaching other people in how they can have a better life, whether it's in a career, choices, uh, decisions that they make, uh, lifestyle, all of that. What an amazing experience from being a young kid whom I remember 20 somewhat years ago. Skinny, lanky, flexible kid kicking the ceiling uh, tiles. About 200 pounds ago. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, going away, uh, serving in Desert Storm, correct? I had already done that. You had already done that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming all the way around almost like full circle, but in a better way. A more equipped way, more experienced, married, kids, and what have you. And what a great heart. You have to meet, if you don't know Sensory, you have to meet this man. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, my website is hrjrmotivaction.com. That's H-R-J-R-M-O-T-I-V-A-C-T-I-O-N.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ice Talks. That's I-C-E-T-A-L-T-H-E-I-C-E-T-A-L-K-S. And uh, if you want to come meet me and shake my hand, I'm at hashtag the best place on earth, South <laughs> Martial Arts, 1527 Main Street, Broadway, New Jersey. <laughs> you can find me here almost any given day of the week. Love it. And uh, three books. Name three books. Find a way to make a way. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Success is the journey from the womb to the tomb. And get your mind right. Ten lessons towards success. All of which can be found on the aforementioned website. Or you can hit me up on the Twitters and we can get together and make something happen. Love it. Well, guys. Well, Sensory, thank you for being and I'll part say this, of it. Yes. I'll offer this to your listeners. Any of your listeners who would like to reach out to me for coaching, I will waive my consultation fee for their consultation. Just reach out to me and 
uh, give me the key. The password will be DeServo. Outstanding, man! What a great opportunity. So, look, if you're if you're in need or wanting a coach, and by the way, we're not gonna get into what a coach is and all that. But I gotta tell you this, guys. You know, between here and where you wanna go, okay? How fast do you wanna get there, and how assured you wanna get there? That's what coaching does. That's exactly what coaching does. You're buying speed and you're buying it with assurance. So this has been Champions for Life podcast and the segment today, Martial Arts Monday. I'm Jose DeServo. You can find me at Jose DeServo Facebook, JDC Jose DeServo page, JDC Win uh, Consulting Coaching, and Twitter Jose DeServo, Instagram Jose DeServo, Google Jose DeServo, everywhere I guess, right? Until next time, guys, you have an amazing day. And I'll talk to you on the next one.